Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Here's part two of Dating Kind of Sucks, and this one is with the other host of the podcast, Sarah G. Sarah joined me to talk, of course, about why dating kind of sucks. She describes herself on their website as a hopeless romantic who at the time had not found their person. However, Sarah has now been dating a guy for a year and a half, so we got to share a little bit of different perspective about you know her journey on the podcast from being that helpless romantic who is out there on a mission to find her person to someone who's in the throes of things and how that's all going. I also had to address something that was on their podcast. <laughs> Adam Avitable was on episode 95, Dating Kind of Sucks Part 1. And they did a podcast about how you should not ever hire a dating coach. <laughs> uh, and you might be laughing at that along with me here, but like, hey, first off, let me clarify. I'm not a dating coach, though I do help people with their dating lives. I'm a clinical sexologist, certified sex coach. I feel like I've got you know, a little bit more behind me than just someone who's on the internet often the guys who her co-host again is rallying against on tiktok but i digress in her episode we we talked about you know why dating coaches should really refocus themselves on teaching people to be a better person rather than playing games and having this win-lose mindset and, and what what we feel really is the difference there with those two mindsets and how it comes across when we're dating. She shared a couple of juicy dating stories. Of course, I love those. I live for the juicy dating stories. But the, my favorite part of the conversation was when we got to really talk about that authenticity in dating. And that's often why dating kind of sucks because a lot of people don't show up as their authentic selves. You know, it's weird. If people present themselves a certain way and then you treat them based on what they showed you they're like and then they're upset by it, it's not your fault. It's their fault. They're the ones who weren't showing up authentically and then they mad. No, let them be mad. That's on them. They should have been who they were from the get-go and then you wouldn't have had any problems. That goes for dating, friendships, all the things. Just be authentic, folks. But we talked about the importance of and, and what we really mean by showing up authentically. So, I had a wonderful workshop this last Thursday about better partnered sex. This month, I mean, you're, if you're listening to this right now, hopefully September 1st, obviously, it's sometime thereafter since this is getting put up on September 1st. It's the first day of Sexual Health Month. Ah, yay! It's the most wonderful time of the year. I get to play with Parker Pussy and all my 3D clitorises and that big old dick I call Darth Vader basically daily during September. So, yeah. I seem to watch a lot of porn during September, too. You know, like, all the articles. I'm, I mean, okay, that's not all that different shit. Who am I kidding? This is just my life now, and I'm okay with that. 
September's workshop is going to be about all things sexual health. Think of it as a just sex ed class. I know that there's lots of people out there that feel like they are missing some information because they either got abstinence-only sex ed or they've really just learned about sex through porn or through play, but they feel like they're missing out on something because you don't know what you don't know. So this workshop will focus on best practices for vulva care, penis care, taking care of your foreskin. Uh, We will talk about research. We will talk about lubes. We will talk about all the things. I'm citing a lot of research in my workshop, so trust me, I'll be backed up with all the things that show you how to live your best and healthiest sex life. I'll probably even throw in a dash of information about how to talk to your adolescents or teens about healthy relationships and sexual health. Because when they start getting into like that, you know, 12, 13, 14 range, that's where, you know, if you haven't had some talks, they can start getting into some really risky sexual behavior. So join me the last Thursday of September, September 30th for my monthly workshop. I will soon have tickets up and available. You can find them on any of my social media sites by clicking the link in my bio. Or you can go to Eventbrite and look for me, Kristen Thomas, or Open the Doors Coaching, and you'll find my events. Follow me on Eventbrite. It's where I'm hosting all of my workshops these days. So if you just follow me on Eventbrite, then you'll get all the alerts when I post new events. But all my workshops are always going to be from now on, the last Thursday of every month. No, the topics will rotate. Okay, I think I've rambled long enough. Let's get into this episode. Again, Dating Kinda Sucks, part two with Sarah G. Well, this episode is a part two because I interviewed the co-host of Dating Kinda Sucks podcast a couple of weeks ago, Adam Evitable, and I'm joined by... Part, part two of the duo, Sarah G. Welcome Sarah to Sarah G. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So Sarah, you know, really the dating kind of sucks brand was your brainchild. And Adam explained it was because you had a blog called Dating Kind of Sucks. So how long had you been writing this blog before you got started with a podcast? Probably like two years before the podcast happened, I think, yeah, I really just started the podcast when I started getting on Bumble and Tinder back in, I want to say 2014, something like that, fresh out of college, I think. And I needed some kind of outlet to document how terrible things were. And then I really was building that momentum. And then I got into a relationship and I said, actually, I don't need this blog anymore. I'm happy in my relationship. And then three months later, we broke up and I was so heartbroken and I just fueled everything into it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the momentum was building. And then I finally met Adam and he was like, let's do a podcast. So, yeah. It can be cathartic and soothing all the things to just put our experiences out there for the world, even if it's just for our own well-being it's always nice when people actually read our stuff or listen to our, our lamenting about how much dating really sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm also somebody who's putting themselves out there telling personal stories. And sometimes it's, I don't want to say backfired, but it's created some interesting situations. Uh, like, 
yeah, it can definitely backfire. You say things that you don't really expect either, at least when I started, I did not expect really anyone to listen or people to read it. It was just, I got it out. I felt good about it. That was it. And then like, I'm sure you've experienced that stays out online forever. So, you know, something I wrote two, three years ago, people are like, oh, I saw that blog post. I'm like, shit, so much has changed since then though. <laughs> yes, yes. And allowing for the evolution over time is wonderful. But also, I mean, I've had someone show up on a date and be like, you were really easy to find online. I'm like, well, that's actually kind of the point. I want people yeah. to find me and my services, but I up until that point had not really considered the ramifications of someone being able to read through my blogs, listen to a podcast or two, look at all my stuff. I don't know. Check me out on every platform possible. Has anyone ever been creepy about it? Not so much creepy about it. I think it was more of just like people do in dating situations, you match on a dating app and then you find out their last name or you get a handle there's a link to their instagram or whatever and then you're able to unlock all this information mm-hmm. you spend you, 10 minutes doing that before replying to their last tinder message or whatever <laughs> yeah so i encourage my clients to not go out and do that when they're dating to try to do that stuff really organically like check out and make sure they are who they say they are but try to not also create a picture to, don't tell yourself a story about who they are based on what you're seeing on socials I mean, half of us are lying about how great shit is in our lives anyway on social media. And what they're doing and how often they're doing certain things. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Exactly. It's just like one little aspect of somebody's life, I feel like. But I think that there have been times where people have used that to either get the impression of what I'm like or what I'll be like in bed uh, or dating. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I've I've definitely felt that. Yeah. I actually had somebody find, and this was, we, I don't even think we matched on Bumble, but he saw my profile and this is just goes back to how easy it is to find me online. He saw that I had a podcast. I'm in Nashville. My name's Sarah. And I just had like Sarah G on my profiles too. So he looked up dating podcast, Nashville, Sarah G comes all my social media pages, you know, not even in my full last name or whatever. We did not match on Bumble either at this point. And he finds my email that's attached to our website and emails my, actually finds my personal email and emails me, hey, I just wanted to break the ice. I wanted to get a chance to know you better, really was interested in your Bumble profile. Here's a couple of things about me. Now tell me about you. And I freaked out. I was like, this That's is too not, far. <laughs> yeah, this is not how you meet someone. You got to keep it on the app. That crossed so many lines and I'm not okay with it. I could see giving some people a little bit of leeway of if you are on some of the apps and you've got your Instagram or your Twitter linked, if they go to that linked profile and that linked profile only to yeah. try to reach out to you, because maybe if they try to match with you and they miss you on, but like, especially Bumble with the 24 hour window, I know a lot right. of people have tried to then go find them on social media. That's the only excuse that I could see is you could go to one step, one step, but that man took it way too far. 
I actually messaged Bumble about it on Twitter, I think, and they removed him from, they were like, this breaks our community guidelines. They removed him from the app. And then they actually sent me flowers for saying, thanks for protecting our community, which I thought was a really nice touch. I love that. I know. (laughs) You know, I have my qualms with online dating and I think there's higher quality sites than others, but Bumble seems to do some, some stuff that, increasingly keeps me like thinking they're a good platform I think they're a good platform me personally I've never had relationships come through Bumble one because of the same thing the 24-hour time frame I'll have days when I'm killing it message messaging people first they're replying back and I really feel like I'm getting a lot of value in the apps and then there's always that lull period where I'm not all of those misconnections type of thing. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, all of my like past relationships that I've met through dating apps, they've actually all been through Tinder, surprisingly. Ah, I current relationships through Hinge. Okay. And then I I went from Match before that. And other than that, I was just dabbling dating, not like relationship. I was single between my second marriage and then this relationship for four years. But Hinge was a good one for me. Hinge is, I, I don't have any issues with Hinge. It was just, I don't know about Kansas City compared to Nashville, but Nashville is just, a lot of the guys are all the same. Mm-hmm. So, and I just felt like Hinge elevated that bro-y mentality of what I saw on Hinge. So I just was like, eh, the bigger pool's on Tinder. Let me just stick to Tinder. I don't know. Well, and right there, you confirmed something that I talk about with clients is that the user base of the area dictates how the app goes. Because mm-hmm. here in KC, Tinder tends to be some hookup, but a lot of dating. And yeah, other places, you open Tinder, like in LA or New York, watch out. Yeah, I've done yeah. I, that. Was always fun traveling to a new city, opening up the app and going, Oh my God, I am hot shit in this city. Let me get to work here. I'm fresh it- meat. <laughs> You get the the cream of the crop when you get off that airplane and into a new city. Oh, absolutely. Have you? Okay. (laughs) I had this happen one time. I'm landing. And of course, you know, the alerts pop up and I've got a message on Tinder. So I hop on there. But then I start swiping while I can and see a guy in the terminal that I just matched with. And I kind of did like the... Do you... Because, you know, it had the proximity thing. I was going off like, you know, because my hotel was close to LaGuardia. So, or Airbnb. Uh, yeah. That's good. Did you, did I, you I, I, say anything? Uh, I, no, I was just, I, I was like. Uh. Wait, but you matched though. I know. But then I just could not do it. I just could not do it. Part oh, of man. me, part of me was just the. There's something called outgroup homogeneity bias where people that are not of your same race or ethnicity tend to have sort of a blending effect. We've heard this before. Some people saying some races, oh, they all look alike. Well, that's for every single race. So if they are not of your race, everyone has, you cannot quite distinguish features like you can within your own race. So it's just a whole thing with how our brains work. So part of me was like, "Ah, is it my outgroup homogeneity bias or is this this guy? Or is it just a, a hot, uh, Indi- or is it just a hot Indian guy with good hair? So I didn't say anything. Uh, okay. He did say he was in the airport at the time. 
but it was it was probably him but you were just being overly cautious because you didn't want to appear like an asshole going up to some guy going did we match on tinder yeah hi is this you and then like whoa girl then that would be really bad yeah that would be bad if it wasn't him yeah i get that yeah so and i i did definitely have times traveling where people were like hey my hotel's right here why don't you come over i was like uh uh, no no is this how it works is this what people do I always feel bad when I'm in a new city though and I match with somebody and I just want to go out for a drink and they know that I'm not from the area but I don't really want a tour guide but I just don't want to be alone because I'm traveling for work or something and it's this weird thing of oh so you just want to fuck me and I'm like actually I just kind of wanted to go on a date to go on a date you know just that doesn't mean anything so just have a good time that's it yeah my guy had a nice little flirtation before we had two parts to our relationship we dated shortly and then we broke up and then back together so Um, in between those times he had a little time where he had a gal that was coming in from out of town he matched with on a dating app and he was like oh yeah cool she's in an open relationship i can just do something fun and flirty whatever until he caught the feels and she was like oh yeah no i'm just gonna come in town and fuck you when i'm there for business and he was like i don't like that Ooh. <laughs> uh, and she was like well this is just kind of what i do when i travel i'm just you know and she said she understood she wouldn't keep bothering him but I mean, it's just what some folks do i guess whether or yeah. not she was actually in an open relationship he was questioning i was like well but if that's what she told you like try to take it at face just, value but yeah you know i don't try to judge people who say that they're doing that but there's definitely some people who use that for cheating too on the day. oh absolutely absolutely yeah that could definitely be a whole other part of the equation but yeah it is it is fun to be flirty single traveling going on dates whatever I, I mean I've been in a relationship now for a year and a half and sometimes I think wow those three years where I was single and doing all that there were definitely times where I absolutely hated it and was like this is I just want to be in a relationship but then there were also times where it was just really fun to just have stupid meaningless Mm -hmm. conversations with people and be like you're a dick or I just sit there and have a glass of wine and die laughing over stupid tinder messages or bumble messages did you ever take very many opportunities to sort of impart lessons on dudes such as a suggestion for next time, don't do this. Or oh. perhaps you should adjust your approach. Do you ever try? I had times no, where I, I did, I but I most of the time did. I didn't waste my fucking time. Yeah, I don't think I ever did that because I would just get so pissed off by someone's response. I'd be like, fuck you. And then I'd be done. And then that was it. There was there was no, I don't, good luck. Good luck to you. I am so like a poke the bear kind of person. Like my, my dad and I don't get along. And I'm constantly like, well, what about this? <laughs> so I just like to like throw something in, get the last word a lot of times. I'm just a little shithead like that. You just want to be right. I mean, I get that. You want to be- It's not about being right. It's more of just, I think it's a motherly thing. I at time, I'm a Capricorn as well. So I think gotcha. at times it's very much to like, no, honey, let me tell you how this works. It's uh... more of that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, there are definitely some guys out there that are inept. But then there's others out there who were just aggressive and rude and mean. Those are the ones that I like to go after. Like this one guy that came at me was like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to come oh, to my house. No. Oh, no. Oh, I got to sh- tell you this whole thing. Not only did he start off with the wrong thing of here's, and this is by text. So I'm like seething the more I read. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to come over. You're going to suck my dick. If it's good enough, then we'll see about going out on Excuse a date. Excuse me? 
Wait, I have yeah. to take first before you take me out on a date? Get the fuck out of here. I, no. I don't get coffee. I don't get uh, nothing. No, no, no. You're going to bring a towel when I'm finished? <laughs> we haven't even talked about STI status. That we is very like, true. I mean, there's so many things that made that so incredibly problematic. And I was just like, you fucking twat. No, that's not what's going to happen. You don't even deserve to be called a twat. You don't deserve that high of a status. I, that's when I would respond back. Okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to come over, eat me out, and then you're going to leave. And I never want to hear from you again. I don't know. I would just twist it and say something else kind of douchey and then unmatch or see what they say and then be like, you're an ass. The end. <sighs> God, I kind of miss those conversations, though. I'm not going to lie. Just be like, are you kidding? I sometimes do too, but... The, the, un, the, I'm sorry, the unmatch or block feature is just not quite as satisfying to me sometimes as the tell-off. Like a, like a hang up the phone. I just want a goodbye to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just not quite as satisfying. So your last episode, I, I really love, and, and I think all my listeners should go out and listening, listen to this episode. It was about basically why you should not hire or trust dating coaches. And so controversial, but not controversial. And so, yes, yes. And of course, first off, pointing out, I'm a certified sex coach. And I do say sometimes I'm a relationship coach because again, helping with the SEO. But as far as those dating coaches that I have now encountered on TikTok, I guess, like I'd always heard about them. And Matthew Hussey being like the one that's out there that's got a huge YouTube following that I had looked at his stuff and been like, mm, me. okay. All right. But no, I'm seeing a lot of these guys. And of course, Adam's actually now watching his TikToks introduces me to a lot of these problematic people. Oh, yeah. But Everyone's like, an expert. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you you touched on some things that I think are really, really important in distinguishing people out there who are calling themselves dating coaches and have these huge followings and are saying some incredibly fucking problematic shit. But yeah, first off, I agree with everything you said. You were talking about that mentality of that playbook that mm -hmm. you follow these steps. And you and win. You get the girl. All, all you have to do is hit these three steps yep. and boom, that's it. And it's like, wait, that's all you want though? And what about after that? Or are you just, you're just looking for some ass? Is that, is that all you... You don't want to get to know the person. You just want to hit the steps of me, men, me, take woman out. Me I win. I score. Things. I, I get to fuck woman. The end. Ooh, ah, like what the fuck? But that's, that's how a lot of these dating coaches on, especially TikTok, come mm -hmm. across more often than not. Oh yeah. Some highly, highly toxic shit. Like the only one I have stitched was that. I don't even want to, I don't, I don't even want to put his name out. You can go to my TikTok if you want to see me such this asshole. <laughs> his name it. starts with a Z. But he was saying like, I'd make a bad boyfriend because I'd want to be by your side all the time and spend all my time with you. And that just make, doesn't make me, just talking about bullshit. Nobody's like it doesn't make me jealous. Oh, doesn't make me jealous to want to, and I, I don't, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust other men. Uh, like brother, that, That's the thing though. There's so many problematic issue there's just so many things that are problematic with every piece of advice that they give that I go hmm you're probably not someone who would be good to be in a relationship with period bingo so why are you giving advice because everything you're saying is a red flag and then you're just fostering that to be the norm in your group of people who you communicate with and that's a huge issue 
I completely, completely agree. And, but then at the same time, I have a friend who's also a sex coach and I saw her go on a little rant on Facebook recently. And she was like, don't be using your personal relationship as an example of like do's and don'ts of what other people should be doing. I was like, okay, so you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. I want to see these dating coaches on TikTok with their partners talking about some of these things and having some real and honest conversations. I mean, I throw my partner in some of my videos sometimes and I talk about some of that stuff. So it's like, I feel like as a relationship, dating and sex coach is how I used to build myself. And, but my certification is done now. I do want to sort of put some little tidbits of things out there for people to see like, this is what a healthy, normal functioning relationship looks like. Yeah. Here's just a like, but I, I don't think we're ever coming from a place of we're perfect and we know oh, everything yeah. when it comes to dating, sex and relationships. So listen to us. If you want to succeed, that is the place totally. that a lot of these coaches are coming from that they're experts on everything. And you have to listen to everything they say. We come at it as a, Hey, we fucked up. We've experienced some shit. We might not have everything figured out, but we have these things figured out. So here, this might help you. Yes, exactly. Learning from our experiences to help other people, I think, is often why people become writers, people become artists, yeah. people become coaches or therapists, whatever it may be. But it's got to be about that motivation behind it. And you touched on something in that episode that I was like, yes, 100% instead of like do this thing do you know be subjected subjugated to men and all the like fucked up stuff you were talking more about you should be <laughs> so teaching much. them to be better people absolutely yeah and that seems so foreign when i watch some of these people like you are doing nothing to improve someone's life by giving them this advice in fact you're probably making their life harder you're probably making it way more difficult for them to communicate with other people on an adult level because you're trying to teach them to play these games mm-hmm. or to speak to people like they're idiots, like yeah. the, neg- the negging stuff. Oh my God. Well, I always think just giving any type of advice, I think about some of the people who listen to the podcast and DM me about their personal relationship drama or just need some advice on a regular basis. And really they just want to know how to be better. They're mm-hmm. like, Hey, am I doing this right? Could I be doing something better? What do you think about this? And I'm like, hey, I don't know exactly what's going on in your scenario, but here's what I might try or just to keep in the back of your mind. I hope that helps in this situation, not here's how you win in this situation. It's a different approach. Yes. I talk a lot about exploration. Like, what if you all explored this topic? What if you took a look at these resources? What if you listened to these things together and had some conversations? Mm-hmm. And it went from there like this, that win lose mentality that like you're trying to like get something for yourself, just like ravish it is so toxic and disgusting. Well, and it goes back to a lot of people define success as being in a relationship because you're seen as desirable and desired by another human. And I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say when I was younger, especially in college and everyone was in a perfect relationship on social media or whatever, I, and I didn't have a full-time job yet. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, which I'm still trying to figure out what to do. Uh, I thought being in a relationship will be that next step for success in my life and I was fucking wrong and I realized actually I just need to figure out myself first and be happy with who I am and then that will attract other people who I want to vibe with and eventually be in a relationship with 
not the other way around. Yes. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. I even saw Sarah. Do you watch Sarah Silverman's little clips on Instagram? Sometimes from her podcast. Yeah, I like her. There was one that came up this morning that someone called in and was like, I, I keep hearing people talk about this whole, you have to love yourself first. And he was saying he quite literally didn't comprehend what it meant to love yourself. It's not that he didn't understand love. what they were saying is like, how do I love myself? Yeah. And it actually hadn't hit me until I watched it. Like there are people out there who genuinely, cause they've not experienced true love either from a parent grandparent someone in their life that maybe they don't actually know what it feels like to love something let alone themselves wow and I was like oh damn maybe sometimes we got to take a step back and think about how we really let that manifest you know and yeah I think a lot of the times we're so in the future thinking of like now, 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 we got to do this now, 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 and focus on everybody else around us instead of focusing on us. And then we see, got to hit all these goals, got to be in a relationship, whatever. And then when you slow down and you're by yourself, I mean, that's the, the biggest thing that I think has helped me is just being by myself, spending time alone, you know, on a Saturday night going, what does Sarah want to do that would make me happy? Just myself. Is it cooking something? Is it listening to this type of music? Is it going, you know, travel? Is, is it this? Is it that? And honing in on those things helped me realize, oh, these things make me happy. And then in turn, me giving myself that time and space to focus on those things with just me, myself, and I made me happy with myself and fall in love with myself. Yeah, I, uh, such a strange journey to finally get to that point where you do actually like and love yourself. Mm -hmm. that you almost forget what the journey is like at times. It's not easy. It sounds so prolific of like, oh, I'm just going to fall in love with myself and romanticize every day. It's not that, and they do it on TikTok with like, here's steps for romanticizing your life. I wake up every morning and make coffee and whatever. Like, it's really not like that though. You have to go through days when you're crying in your apartment alone going, fuck, I wish someone would love me. Fuck, why am I so unhappy? And then you slowly start building and getting better and realizing, okay, it's not that bad. Okay, I like myself. Okay, this is getting, this is cool. Okay, I'm vibing with this and that. And, but it, it's not a linear path at all. Yes, yes. And for those out there who like that caller to the Sarah Silverman show who are just not like understanding that concept of loving themselves that you know, the people in your life haven't done a great job of, of explaining it. And that's okay because you're here now that yeah. it does take, like you said, that exploration, you have to look at resources. You've got to read books. You've got to find people who are genuine, not these influencers, not even me. Like, yeah, I mean, I help people on a small level, but I am trying to connect people also to bigger thought leaders, leaders, like read Brene Brown. Mm. read Esther Perel. There's so many people out there that know so much more than me that they've just never heard of. So half of my job is simply connecting people to things that will then speak to them and help them see like what they're doing to themselves. I'm not the one who actually puts the mirror up. They're the ones who go through the journey, put the mirror up for themselves. But that part of trying to actually 
move from, I don't know what loving myself is, or I don't like myself to, I love myself. I think often has to, that you can't go from negative to positive. I see that just makes it feel like you're trying to be Pollyanna. Yeah. You're trying way too hard to fit, fit into something that's just not working. You have to move from negative to neutral first. You can't just suddenly shift from a negative to a positive, but what you can do is move from negative to like, all right, I can at least say something neutral about myself. Cause at least when you're in a neutral state, you're not experiencing all that is associated with those negative thoughts. It doesn't mm-hmm. turn into things in your body. So that psychosomatic connection that your mind and body has there. But then once at least you're neutral, then you can start switching more into something that's positive. It doesn't but, overnight. It's a lot. It, life is a long journey in general. And I think a lot of the times we get stuck in the comparison game of, well, everyone else just seems happy and promotes self-love and self-care. So why don't I have what they have? And they probably don't have it. So mm-hmm. take a step back, even from social media. I, for me too, it heightened all of my insecurities with thinking I'm not enough compared to everybody else. So I have to just kind of be happy and force a relationship and force all of these things that I think will be good for me to love myself when that is not always, that's not the case for me. And it really shouldn't be a, an approach people take. <laughs> uh, yes, agreed. And that is unfortunately sometimes what people go for and then they learn lessons the hard way. They have to get, yeah, they have to keep staying in a relationship go through a proposal, maybe they end right after that, or they go through a marriage and then they go, oh, fuck, I really screwed this one up, but and I'll just have a kid and maybe that'll fix it. And they <sighs> progress through all of those things because they think that all of these external validations are going to make them happy. And then they actually sit down, have time to reflect and slow all of their thoughts and realize, oh, I am not happy. I've made a big mistake. I'm not even in love with myself, let alone my partner and the situations I've been in lately. And a change has to be made. And hopefully you can come to that conclusion without it being something, I mean, it's going to be painful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't get me wrong when you come to that conclusion, but hopefully it's not something big and painful and dramatic and say this because I have a friend who's going through like a really intense situation right now with a breakup of an engagement one in which most of us were actually not supportive of and had not when they dated correct and we had not yet had the opportunity to be like so so you need need to take a time out You you need to take a step back from this you need to think some things through there's some really problematic shit going on here like no and One friend was like, I think we need to just sit back and let it implode. And I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I feel like we need to say something. We kind of need to say something. Yeah, nothing was going to get through though. And the the biggest thing is because it's all her, her own stuff that she's really got to work through first before she is ready. But, you know, when you've got this friend who's like, on the timeline, I want to get married. Got to make the babies. Got to do the Uh. things. My clock is ticking. You're destined to fail though. I was the same way. I wanted to, I'm almost 30. I wanted to be married by 27, pop out two kids before 30, have a house. I don't have any of those things. And I'm happy. Like I'm actually, it's crazy. And I'm 40. 
it's just, it's so wild, like the mindset shift. And I'm seeing people my age posting, you know, they're having kids or whatever. And I just, I had the realization last night on the phone with my boyfriend. Wow, I'm hitting that age where people have decided that's right for them. And I'm really happy that I decided that is not right for me. And that's not the timing of my life. And I don't have to fit into that mold. But a lot of people feel, I'm sure as your friend did and probably still does, that it's either now or never. There is nothing past a certain age point, And that's just not true. Oh, you are so, so right. And I think that is a big thing that she's struggling with is the feeling of failure. Yeah. The, the, the FOMO. Everyone you know? else is getting married. Everyone else has kids. I'm hitting a certain age. I don't have those things yet. What's wrong with me? I need to go out and fix it. And that's where some people do fall victim to back to dating coaches going, okay, this is my last resort. I have to figure this out or I'm shit out of luck. So I'm going to listen to this person who is going to give me the keys to bing, bam, bam. You know, I get the guy now because I followed those steps and they don't think, who am I as a person? Who is that person? Do I even like the person I'm with? And a whole host of other things. A hundred percent. Well, I do want to take a quick break. And after the break, I want to talk a little bit more about what it's like or how you feel like you can show up and date authentically. Like how did you sort of go through that transition to learn to present yourself authentically so you could catch someone like master of none? Yeah. Your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) For privacy's sake, we'll we'll, we'll be doing that. He does not care anymore. I have messed up on episodes. He's like, you could just say my name, but I'm going to maintain Master of None is his name from here on out. (laughs) I I think a little bit of anonymity here and there is kind of good. I haven't given my partner a nickname. I just say it's Matthew, but maybe I should have. I don't know. Mkusa, he's my producer as well for my podcast. (laughs) But yeah, let's talk a little bit more about dating when we come back from the break. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. So back from our break, something that you touched base on earlier was sort of those lessons that we have to learn about ourselves and how we show up in dating, the playing the games or doing the thing that we think other people are going to find attractive versus the being me fly my own freak flag and someone's going to like how it looks that kind of mindset Mm -hmm. so how do you feel like you started embracing that authenticity versus trying to just show up and be something you weren't in your dating life it was a slow process because I felt like I was being compared to against every other girl on the app So, and I came down to which photos I was posting and what I would say on dates, because I was, when you first, at least when I first got on the apps, I didn't even know where to start of, what do you say on a first date? What is a normal, what is a normal conversation on a first date? Which really anything for the most part is up for grabs in a conversation, except for it's super, like, I'm not going to talk about I don't, I can't remember some things. I'm like, definitely don't talk about this. But even though Adam's talked about his divorce on a first date, so it really depends on the flow of the conversation. There's probably some, now that I'm thinking about it, some things you definitely don't talk about on a first date. But I was very strict to be like, I say this, we'll hit on this. And then if it goes well, then this will happen. Like I I wanted Uh to follow a formula when I was starting out because I didn't want to fuck up a lot. And then I just realized, ah, none of this really matters because 
no one really knows what they're doing anyways. It's all, it's, it's just one of those, uh, we'll kind of see if we're compatible because I realized the people that I ended up being compatible with on dates, we just talked about literally anything mm-hmm. that we felt comfortable talking about. It wasn't yeah. a, now I have to hit this point. And the dates where I did feel like I had a formula were shitty dates. So that was, that was my first realization of letting things go and just let it, seeing how the conversation kind of pans out um, and if that flow was good, then I got a good vibe of, oh, there'll probably be a second or a third date. And if the flow was off or we were following a formula, eh, then that wasn't going to work out for me. And the more that I realized that, the more I got comfortable with just being myself and going, yeah, I'm not going to tolerate that. Or no, I don't want to respond to that inappropriate question you just asked on a first date. Maybe that is something that you should not <laughs> talk about. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that you shouldn't say on a first date is probably talking about how you like to have sex on a first date or I, that happened to me once too. Like, what's your favorite position? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I just fucking met you. How about hi, hello, my name is instead of what's your favorite position. And it's not to say that there aren't, there it could not be a uh, route in which the conversation went. Yes. That ends up being part of the conversation. But not 10 minutes in. It, no, <laughs> definitely, definitely not. That's not how we get to know people. That's not the intro. That's not our elevator pitch. We don't include our favorite positions in our elevator pitches. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> well, I, I don't really have any hard, steady rules. I'm not that kind of coach where I'm like, you do not talk about this. Da, da, da. So you've got to understand what you're comfortable talking about on a first date. If you don't really want to talk about your exes, Simply, you know, if they start going down that route, say, you know, I think that there's these other things we could discuss. Yeah. I would love to talk about those things with you one day, but not tonight. Yeah. But there's that's nice true. ways that's to get past one. that. Yeah. That's, I always, yeah, I guess that's another one. That really hasn't come up a lot on first dates. It's more the second and third dates where I feel like exes are brought up and I'm, I still think it, eh, that's a little too soon for me, but you know, if the conversation presents itself, I guess we can go there as long as it's done in a short, concise, tasteful manner where you're not bashing them. And if you are, then I know, Hey, I probably don't want to date you. So it does lend itself to getting to know if you want to see that person more or not as well. Yes. I have told people that they do not need to feel obligated to tell somebody the number of partners that they've been with. Oh, fuck that. I, I don't. Yeah. I I actually find that to be rude. If someone asked that on a date, because that's not you getting to know me. That's just you setting me up as a roster of like, Oh, these are all the stats about this person I'm on a date with has fucked 25 people has done this has done that, that that's not what I want on my card for you to remember me. And that's what you're going to dock points. And I say that in air quotes against me because of that too. I'm not even going to open up that can of worms because it's already a fucked up question. Absolutely. It's a fucked up question because you're either trying to use it against me or to try to garner what I'm like in bed as far as am I, am I kinky or am I experienced? The number of times you've slept with human, other human beings is not really an indication of how good you are in bed. Nope. I do. I find it highly, highly offensive. I've only been asked a couple of times, like on early dates, like, so, you know, how many people have you been with? I'm like, the last person that asked me that was after I was a sex coach. So I finally felt like I had 
the the knowledge and the empowerment to respond the way that I really wanted to, which was you're either using that information to label me a slut and make me not good enough for you, or you're trying to judge if I'm going to be good at sucking your dick. And you could just ask me, do you like sucking dick? Are you good at sucking dick in your humble opinion? I'd well, rather you if ask I me was that. Asked that. Holy shit. Yeah. If I was asked that, I would really just pause and go, what the fuck? But I guess I could answer. It's hard. It, it's hard for me to, no one's really asked me that on a first date because they do their due diligence, listen to the podcast and have heard me talking about how I like sucking dick, how I've fucked X amount of people already. So they find that goddamn episode. They go, oh, I heard about your one night stand in Las Vegas. And I go, well, what do you want to know about it? I got fucked in Las Vegas. And? And they're like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff I left out of that episode too. Do you want to hear that? Actually, fuck you. I'm not going to tell you that. But can we move on from that? Now that you found that out on the internet, carry on. <laughs> My guy at least waited. My guy wait. My guys have always waited to ask me about things on the podcast. So it's always either on the app or on the first date. That's if they've done their research. They've gone, hey, you know, I did listen to that episode. And normally, those people don't really end up working out anyways because they're they're too fast out of the gate with some of those questions. It does though, and I don't know if you've experienced this. It does get annoying when they've listened and listened and found me online and done their research. And then they already think that they know everything about me. Yeah. So then they can just assume I am like this mold of a person and I have to just tell them, no, actually, that's just a version of myself that I present to the world. And there are other parts of me that, you know, if you continue hanging out with me, you might be lucky enough to get to know. Yeah, I've had I have one guy get a little too crushy on me. I mean, it was kind of like sweet and cute, but he <sighs> laid the pressure on me to say, you're the first girl that I've really been into in a long time. And then I think he actually threw in like that a friend of his had committed suicide and he hadn't dated. So it was something like really intense like that. Ooh. And he's like, that really hurts that you're not into me. I was like, oh my God. In my head, I'm like, we had one coffee and one phone call but you God. listened to my show and, and you, you got, got hooked and now you're putting this responsibility on me that like oh you're heartbroken because I'm not interested in you oh I mean like I'm not saying the guy probably needed to be on suicide watch but I'm pretty sure he had a little hurt heart and it didn't make me feel sorry for him it sort of made me mad that he put that on me yeah but it also just made me feel like pity for him and I was like I really wish you had come to me for coaching services not for a date I could have helped with that this whole dating thing between the two of us I can't help with but I do offer <laughs> I do offer these services <laughs> I've unfortunately had some guys at the end of the date that I want to give them my card and be like you can book a session but I don't want to go on a date with you again I feel like that's just Consider this a free consultation. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh God. So obviously, again, you write a you wrote a blog about dating kind of sex. You started a whole podcast, but I want to know one of your like top one or two worst dating stories that sort of helped spur this on. Love it. I have two. Okay. okay. So this this story in particular is why. 
the po- the blog and then the podcast got started. So first Bumble date ever, first online date ever. And I made a lot of mistakes, as one does, new to the dating scene. I did not really understand how important it was for him to have full body photos in his profile. Mm, So so you already know where this is going. So everything was from, you know, the chest up. They were all nice photos or they were slightly waist higher, but they weren't full body. Um, He was a mutual friend of a friend kind of thing. So I, I felt safe going out with him because he knew one of my college friends. So that was all cool. But we went to this restaurant in Orlando and I'm nervous as hell. I turned the corner to go to get into the front door and I see him coming around the corner from his car and he's about 50 pounds heavier than what he looked like in any of his photos which immediately made me want to turn around and go, nope, this is not what I signed up for. That I already feel like I was lied to, but he already noticed me. I was like, hey, Sarah. And I realized, fuck, I gotta, I, I'm not going to be super shitty and just turn around and say no. So I, you know, said hi. And then the restaurant that we had parked at was full. They had like an hour and a half wait, but there was a restaurant across a busy intersection that was open and they had, you know, a nice bar area. It didn't seem that busy. So I was like, okay, yeah, we'll just go over to this pizza place instead. He's like, yeah, sure. Just get in my car and we'll just drive right across the street. And there, mistake Mm. number two, uh, I shouldn't have gotten in his car. I should have said, no, yeah, I'll just get in my car. We'll meet you there. It's literally across the street. But I just let him kind of set that up. So Mm. I got into his car. We went to the pizza place. Mm-hmm. We sit down, There's we're waiting for a table, but we ha- are at the bar having a glass of wine. And I say something to the effect of, like, my company had some perks at the time, and he was a big soccer fan. And he was like, oh, so are you saying I could get, you know, sweet tickets with you or whatever, you know, really ride on those perks? He goes, yeah, with some of those perks and your looks and what you have going on, he grabs my hand and goes, I can't believe you don't have a ring on this finger already. And literally barf. And that was probably 10 minutes into the date once we actually sat down at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I felt uncomfortable. And then we eat, we make, you know, have our pizza or whatever. Conversation's not that great at all. And we get done and we're getting to-go boxes and all that jazz. And I'm struggling to fit pizza into one of the to-go boxes for him because he was signing the check or whatever. And I kind of paused and I looked at him and was like, I don't know if you want me to just grab your pizza or how you feel. I was just so nervous too. I was like, I don't know if you want me to just like touch your food or whatever. So here, take the the slicer thing. And he goes, I don't care where those hands have been as long as they're all over me tonight. Oh. Which cringe, actual cringe. And I just kind of said, that's funny. Just take the fucking box and put your pizza in it. Okay. So then I realized, fuck, I have to get back into this motherfucker's car to go back to my car. And that's when I realized I screwed up because I was just ready to go home at that point, get in my car and never see him again. But I had to get in his car. So then it was the awkward back and forth of, oh, let's plan a second date. Oh, whatever. And I just didn't know how to say, no, I'm not really that interested by at that point because new to dating. So we, he drives me to my car. He parks right next to my car. And I'm, I'm just trying to get out and be like, peace. It was fun, whatever. But he has to get out and walk around. And I'm just, fuck, fuck, fuck. 
He wanted a hug. He, he wanted, wanted to see hug. if he could close something there. He did. But so I was wearing this kind of shortish dress, wearing a thong underneath. It makes sense in a second. And I put my hand, you know, going in for a hug. I put my hands over his shoulders and he's like looking at me. So I'm like, you know, I could just, I don't really want to go in for a kiss, but whatever. So he's looking at me and then he puts his hands underneath my dress and grabs my bare ass under my dress as I'm in shock thinking we're about to kiss. And then all the, it was so fast. Then he just goes in and bites my shoulder. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I'm just standing there and he's like, can't wait to see you again. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, get me out of here. My shoulder was bright red. I felt completely violated. And I'm sure people in the parking lot saw as well what had just happened because there were people around. And I got into my car, drove to the next parking lot over and hysterically called my friend and was like, I don't know what just happened. That was a shit show from beginning to end. He could obviously not read the room. The whole time, the whole time. All, all he was doing was I'm doing these things. Like I made, he probably like thought, Oh, she laughed. She laughed at my joke. So it's okay. And it was funny. Uh-huh. Probably thought he hit all the things on his little checklist. She's vibing. The body language is there. It must be, you know, she cracked some joke. Oh no, that was not it. And his name was Chad to top it all <laughs> off. I'm not even going to hide his name. His name was Chad. That was no, my, Chad. I really went out with a Chad. Yep. Hmm, I'm so sorry. That was a bad chat experience. <laughs> but I just <laughs> are they are any of those so many boundaries <laughs> crossed. He did not ask for consent. Like <sighs> one of the sexiest things that happened on a first date for me was I was leaving and you know, get my coat on. It's wintertime, put my shoes on. And he just looked at me, he's like, um, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask if I could have a kiss tonight. I was it's like, just cute. yes. Yes, you may have a kiss because you asked for it. And yeah, it was one of like the best first kisses I've ever had. But consent can be sexy. You don't have to just go in for the grab or, okay, first of all, the bite was just weird. The bite was weird. But the bite grab. I don't know. know. (laughs) He wanted to taste your salty neck or something. Like, I don't know if you've been sitting outside sweating or something and maybe he's got Uh, a fetish, but still, he did not ask for consent. Uh, men no yeah no. so yeah I told all of my friends at work about that the next day and immediately I was in like a content writer role at the time they were saying you know you have to start a website and a blog about this right because this is too insane not to and I had kind of a website but I didn't have a focus and that's when I had the focus to say yeah dating kind of sucks <laughs> how many dates did you end up writing about on your blog a lot have you a lot a lot I there was one blog post where I I added I had a name a nickname for every single guy I'd gone a date with like 11 guys and I talked about like brick wall it was like talking to a brick wall (laughs) blah 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 and then another one it was like doing this or whatever but yeah and then so the other date um was when I was in Nashville And this is like, I had taken a couple months off. I was moving from Orlando to Nashville. So I was finally feeling ready to get back into the dating scene. Felt like I was in a good headspace. And I matched with this guy. His profile says he's 30 or 31, something like that. Um, Definitely my type. Photos look good, whatever. We had okay conversation. We meet in person and it just felt like something was off the whole time. He had this really big personality, which 
I, I don't really go, I go for quieter guys. Like, I'm the big personality. You, you, sh- you shut the fuck up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no gregariousness from the men. <laughs> yeah, but he just had this massive personality, wanted to control the room. And I was like, I don't really like the, the vibe I have right now. And then toward the end of the night, we go to this other bar, which the date kept continuing, which I don't know why I didn't end it. I just felt really like silenced most of the day because mm-hmm. he kind of ran the show. We end up at this bar and he FaceTimes his friend on the date and goes, look at this beautiful girl I'm on a date with just out of the blue, calls them and FaceTimes them. So that was issue probably number three at this point. Um, Fellas, no, don't do that. Like at what point you're like, yeah, I want to brag to my friends that I'm on a first date with this girl at this bar. Like that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then he goes, uh, I, I kind of have something funny to tell you. I have this, this secret I've been wanting to tell you. And I'm like, I, th- I thought he was going to be cute and like romance, like some, some kind of nice gesture, but I'm an idiot. Uh, he, goes, <laughs> he goes, so you know how it says I'm 30 on my, on my Bumble profile? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, so I'm actually 42. And I was 26 at the time. And I was like, wait, what? You're 42? And he's like, yeah, is that a problem? Like, it's a problem because that's not the age range that I'm looking to date. And you lied to me. And he's like, well, I didn't lie. I'm telling you the truth now. I'm like, yeah, three hours into this date. What? While you were sitting there trying to figure out like, what is going on with this guy? In both cases, it was those men did not show up as their authentic selves. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the, the first guy with... My thing with showing up and not looking like your pictures is no matter what you look like, no matter where you're at on the scale, it doesn't fucking matter. There are people out there who love it and you probably would have maybe been okay with it. Who knows? You probably would have been fine if he had just, if you had just seen all of his pictures. There would have been no shock factor at all. Yes. Like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. You look the way that you do. I have no problem with that. But I did not know that going in. Just like I did not know his age going in, and that mm-hmm. changed the entire date. Yes. Yes. That's no different than showing up on a date and they're like, "Oh well, I'm actually married." <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this, this is information you did not present to me that led me to swipe on you. I might have made a different decision if I would have known that at the beginning. And even beyond that, if all had gone perfectly well on both of those dates, you still would have been left with a sense of, I don't know if this person can actually just show up and be themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I already felt lied to and manipulated in a certain way and violated two different ways but yeah also the guy who was 42 he said the reason that it was like that on his profile is because his profile is attached to his facebook and he doesn't want to change his age on facebook outside of 30 because he's trying to get a career as a musician and it'll look bad if he's older and i'm like how the fuck are you gonna have a career and sign a piece of paper and get a w you know any of that for an employer without putting your actual age down you're catfishing in the music industry too. The the fuck? <laughs> I mean, isn't that an antiquated practice to lie about your age in the entertainment industry? <sighs> I, I don't know. I feel like in the information age, it's really not that hard to. If this guy made it big, 
He's got classmates that he went to high school with. No kidding. No kidding. Like people could easily Google search where he went to. If it's going to be on his Wikipedia page one day. Yep. All people are going to do is be like, this guy can't even just show up and be authentically himself. What do you gain from that? Either? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Regardless of whether it's a dating situation or for professional reasons, I don't understand why people can't just show up and be themselves. Because they think short-term wins are better than long-term success. That's honestly what it boils down to is, well, I can't, I haven't been making it short-term, so let me just lie short-term and see if that pans out long-term. No. (laughs) In what world? (laughs) It's that win-lose mindset. It's that I'm trying to, like, get some, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's a gross mindset in my humble opinion. (laughs) Humble, very humble. (laughs) I try not to trash a lot of things out there. I really try to not yuck people's yums. But man, that inauthenticity is something that really gets to me. Just can't help it. Be who you are, communicate, just be a better person. Focus on being better first before entering any kind of first date, relationship, any kind of experience like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, any any parting words of advice that you, based on your experiences with how much dating can suck, what are, what are some of your tips that you might impart upon the audience? Ooh, so many tips that I think we hit on every single episode is that, like we've mentioned today, it always boils down to open communication and just being yourself. If there's anything, if you're thinking, hmm, I can't succeed because I'm, I, I'm afraid to be me, take a step back and go, actually, that's what I'm succeeding at. Let me hone in on that and make myself a better version and be open to growing as an individual before entering any kind of relationship. Absolutely. What are some of your favorite or who are some of your favorite podcasters or authors or people who talk about self-development, self, self-growth? Oh my gosh. Um, what the heck is her name? Why am I blanking on her name? I literally just read her book, City of Girls, not too long ago. Uh, Elizabeth um, Gilbert. I, I really like, so you were talking about um, inspirational books. Elizabeth Gilbert's um, Big Magic book was one that really opened my eyes a lot about the, I, the, the whole concept of an idea. And if you have an idea, you should act on that. And she goes into like a bunch of different scenarios with ideas and creativity that really resonated a lot with me. I really like Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She did write Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was, I was like, that name's that's her, that's her main one, but big magic's good. City of girls is good, but yeah, eat, pray, love is obviously great as well. But yeah, she talks about like not living for like that one success and trying to create other success after that and how that was a struggle and she had to find new ways to be creative. And it was just a really, it was more of a, an autobiography, not an autobiography, but just like her being raw about herself and her life that I really like to read. Yeah. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan for vulnerability, self-development, figuring out how to kind of get up after you've been knocked down, but really just that showing up and being yourself piece. I feel like she was pivotal in my personal journey Mm. and understanding how to show up authentically. So she's when I always have clients read through. If they have like any problems with vulnerability, I'm like, we 
going to do some Brene Brown work, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a book. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> it sometimes actually have a hard time keeping her books straight because I've read so many of them. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, okay, that no, that that one's in this. Okay, we need to read Daring Greatly. That's that's what's going to help you right now. <laughs> I, I tend to book club books with my clients. I don't just say like, oh, read this book and it's just going to fix everything. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> since our last session, you talked about you'd read part one. What were some lessons you learned? What do you think about this chapter? What about this thing that she brought up? Did you all discuss this? Uh, I hold people fucking accountable when I give them assignments. Like, damn it, I didn't want this to be a teacher-student relationship like this. <laughs> didn't want homework. Oh, tough shit. Yeah, home assignments are a big deal for my clients. <laughs> Majority of the work really comes in between the sessions. Yep. Um, and yeah, my most successful clients are the ones who come to me like, oh my gosh, okay, I read this book and here's the things that we talked about. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yes. You're eager. You want to absorb yeah. all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so are you cool with tarot readings? Yeah, perfect. So I had this beautiful erotic tarot deck. I don't think I've ever had a tarot card reading before. So I just do a one card reading. I admit okay. I'm not like some huge expert. I'm still in my learning process with it, but uh, yeah, I kind of already shuffled it up a little bit here for okay. you. And I'm going to cut it one last time for you. Ooh, so you got the three of fire. Will you describe what you see here? Oh my goodness. There's two people fucking on a park bench. She is completely naked and all the clothes are on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. She's got her back to the the viewer. Her hair's flowing. Like you can kind of see side boob. It's like she's side boob. Full ass out. He's wearing, but he is fully clothed. Yeah, he's really like looks like it. I mean, I'm sure hat. Yeah, it's like his yeah, dick's right. probably They're, out. His dick's probably out, but yeah, she's she is 100 percent naked. <laughs> Sunny day, middle of the day. Why not? Yeah, that bra's just flung Park out bench. there. All the yep, yep. And he looks a bit shocked, or perhaps like they've just been caught, and he's making eye contact with somebody the, who is looking at the camera. I can't tell where his eyes are looking. But. It's a little bit kind of like this, like off to the side, like oh, yeah. A little, little bit of a shocked look. What does this mean? Tell me what So the three of fire. Well, the fire suit uh, corresponds to, to wands, which is the sense of taste and the creative and passionate sphere. It controls creativity, desire, and ambition, as well as their satisfaction. It is also that area of our being which seeks the perverse or transgression. So the three is about exploration, discovery, or taking the initiative. Hmm. Uh, impulsive oh and it's also about living assertively hmm any of that resonate uh I'm trying to be more assertive in decisions uh there you go and setting clear boundaries and making things really clear from where I stand I think during the pandemic I've really had to set some hard lines with different relationships not romantic relationships but like family boundaries and things like that uh being assertive on certain things so same here basically if i had children they would not be going to grandma and grandpa's house yeah yeah, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at yeah we didn't even really get to talk about master of none i love that you came you <laughs> have that uh nickname for him but we yeah we I mean, sometimes guests come on here and all we do is talk about their dating and sex life. And then other times we talk about 
like we dance around the topic but yeah uh so you've been together a year and a half yes we have yeah not anything I expected did not expect to get into a COVID relationship whatsoever our first couple dates were all virtual we were afraid to hug each other in our first in-person date it was it was the most awkward start of any relationship because we were like oh it'll be over soon so we'll just see what happens and then you know it's not so (laughs) like when did you actually meet we met like our first virtual date was early April really yeah, so we you had been Tinder. out dating before that and like had you already matched or did you match after lockdown? We matched after lockdown. I just remember watching Love is Blind on my laptop in lockdown and I'm messaging him and I'm like, uh, is this going to be a waste of my time because I don't know when I'm going to be able to get out of the house and I was like, you know what? what if, and I'm watching Love is Blind. I don't even think I've told him this. I'm watching Love is Blind. I'm like, but what if, you know, what if this ends up going really well? Or whatever? I was like, fuck it. What do I have to lose? I'm sitting here alone anyways. And then we went up. It was, yeah, it was good after that. And here you are. <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but that's literally what happened. Cause I, I remember telling Adam, I'm so done with dating. There's not even a point. We're all in lockdown. He's like, just, just talk to somebody, you know? And then, yeah. You are not alone. There were definitely some people who are still happily partnered up with people they met early on in the pandemic. And I, I think for a lot of people, this, the relationship that they develop during the pandemic, it's, it's one of two things. It's either at a point now where you're finally realizing who this person is and it's just sinking fast, or mm-hmm. you really took some time to develop this relationship in a healthy, stable manner. You built good foundations. You really got to know each other. And it was less about some of the outward things that a lot of us might've participated in when we yep. were dating. And not to say that all of us were like keeping up appearances when we were out dating, but there's just different dynamics at play in a world pre-COVID than it was post-lockdown. Yeah, it was, where is he taking me out to dinner? Ooh, the excitement of our first date here and meeting our friends here. And I mean, he just two months ago met my family for the first time. I mean, everything was such a delayed timeline and it was just going, do we just like each other? You know, and you break down all the other bullshit of going out to eat at certain restaurants and whatever. I mean, we spent most of the pandemic in sweatpants cooking in my apartment and that was just us getting to know one another and yeah it was a slower pace but it was actually a really great way to get to notice to know somebody yeah well I'm happy for you that you have found Thanks. happiness and I wish you continued happiness with <laughs> master none but yeah we're moving be- in together now ah, so congratulations. It's crazy. <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> so well that tells me that things are really really good uh you know of course though I'm a sex coach so I have to ask like how's the sex okay and so, okay. <laughs> let me, I'll let you ask all your questions okay. before I get into that I guess usually what I just kind of ask is how are you feeling about the sex and are there things that you feel like you could do even better okay so sex wise this is the most exploratory adventurous sex I have ever had Yay. which was mind-blowing to me because I was like oh wow like he's up he doesn't feel offended if we use toys and he's bringing toys and all of like yeah I've never that's a sexually confident man yes I have never in in any of the other men that I have slept with they've never been comfortable doing that because they always felt it was a dig to how they perform 
where he was like, oh no, if you're having trouble coming, we'll just use a toy. I don't, and he's like, I want you to enjoy yourself. I'm like, what a fucking concept. So that, that right there was a big game changer for me. Um, <laughs> for real. I think um, we definitely wanted to explore some more anal play. We just haven't really gotten there yet. Um, he wants to do it. I'm, I'm more of the reserved one between the two of us. So it's more me go, like taking some more warming up to everything. Um, even when we wanted to have sex, I, I am more of the one who's reserved not wanting to have sex too early because I don't want to catch those feelings too early. And sex is just something that's like that with me. So that's um, smart. That's yeah. Smart. <laughs> but yeah, we could definitely explore some more of that. I know now that we're kind of long distance because I've been traveling, he's like, can I mail you a butt plug? Can I mail you this? Can I mail you that? I was like, yeah, but if I'm going to use it, I want to use it for the first time with you. And I'm already nervous. So, <laughs> so I think the butt plugs are a great way to start exploring. Um, fingers, other small toys are great. Like either while you're masturbating or even, you know, on the toilet. A lot of guys do it while they're on the toilet jerking off hmm. just because it's easy there and you got toilet paper to clean up or doing things in the shower. Yeah. Uh, but starting off with small toys that are finger size, I think is the easiest thing. Uh, I don't know if you watched my TikToks, but I did a TikTok recently that's gone viral where I talked about, you know, keep keep clubs in your room because- I like, did not see that, no. It's gotten mixed reactions because of uh, course the people who are really close off are like, you what? or like the whole thing of it's too medical if he came at me with a glove i tell him to get the fuck out of here and i'm like okay so what's more embarrassing having your partner wear a non-latex glove while you're exploring anal play or going to the doctor and explaining why after vigorously having your asshole fingered you realize that his hangnail cut up your anus <gasps> oh yeah good point Good point. So pay attention to like your fingernails, look for hangnails and snags, make sure your That's nails are trimmed or wear some gloves, use plenty of lube, experiment with some lubes. I think an oil base or a silicone base is way better for anal He's play than a water base. He's got all the lubes. I, I mean, like this man. <laughs> he knows the shit. He knows the shit. He has like this fancy stuff. I'm like, Wait, what kind of lube? Is, yeah, it's, he has the water. He has a water-based one and an oil-based because he's like some of these don't work on these toys. And it's like, wait, yeah. what? And I'm like, I should know this, but I don't because I've never been with someone who's ever wanted to use toys, so I've never had the opportunity to learn. Master of none sounds like he's actually master of a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear it because there's. There's lots of research out there that talks about how to maintain the longevity of a good sex life. And it's things like knowing your partner's turn-ons and turn-offs, being able to talk about sex, uh, you know, kissing passionately for no reason, a little bit of public affection. It doesn't have to be over the top, but maybe just, you know, he touches your back as he ushers you in a door or, mm -hmm. you know, you can put your arm, you know, around his arm. Uh, it doesn't have to be big things, but the Gottman Institute... The, I think the research that they have put, they haven't really done their own research. They've done some of their own research, but they also like to just compile other people's stuff. And that whole being able to talk about sex and then turning towards your partner, meaning like mm. you definitely need to have friends or people that you can talk to when times are tough, but really being able to turn towards your person when you want or need something, those are like the two most vital things to keeping sex healthy and passionate and Damn, hot, I feel all like, the things. 
Yeah, I feel like we check a lot of the, all of those boxes, really. It, it didn't happen overnight, though, but like really feeling like I can go to him first for a lot of things. Or I'm like, since when did I ever do that? And we talk about sex all the time. I mean, I'm not I'm not big for phone sex because I feel very awkward. Just like, what do I say or whatever? But we we had like a version of phone sex the other day of just mm -hmm. talking about a past experience where we had sex Ooh. that we both thought was very hot. And ah, that's. And that's we were, good phone sex play yes. yeah and we were just talking about that entire experience and like reenacting it and going like oh when you did this when you did that and i was like wow this is fucking hot what uh -huh. <laughs> you get to relive this again too damn <laughs> nice nice i actually found a bot that you can text with to practice your sexy texts oh what is this bot's name okay let me search for slut bot in my text <laughs> Because his Everybody name is needs, Slut Bot. <laughs> everyone needs a Slut Bot. <laughs> so for yourself or anyone else out there listening, you can text 415-233-4603. And that is Slut Bot. And the, like the last message I got, they'll, they'll ask you questions. Sometimes they're just fun things that they'll send you to try to kind of like, hey, don't forget. But I've used this with clients who are like, I am not good at sexy talk. I don't know what to say. Ah. You can practice with this and you can get as dirty or as tame and mild as you want with it. But Slutbot. Where did these messages go though? <laughs> okay. So honestly, it's been a while since I first started texting Slutbot. But when I first heard about it. It was online for something and I did I did look it up at the time. I was like, oh cool, this is legit. But I smoke a lot of weed and I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I probably need to look that back up. But I mean not sponsored. Who's Slut gonna bot. dox me? <laughs> I don't give a fuck yeah, at this right? point. <laughs> you can screenshot anything of mine and put it out there. I'll be like, y'all, that was me. Money. Yeah, I said that. I did that. Mm -hmm. And next next point. <laughs> my parents already listened to my podcast. There ain't no shame here. Love that. Actually, okay, so one last thing before I let you go. My parents called me Friday night and the voicemail was so funny. I'm actually thinking about putting it online because I'm that kind of person. But my dad's like, so we, uh, it's us. My mom's like, hi. We listened to your last podcast, which I interviewed the CEO of Promescent, talking about their delay spray and how to close the orgasm gap. We're talking about Ooh. lubes and all this other stuff. And it's like, we listened to your last podcast. We've got questions. And she, I just hear my mom chuckle like, huh? and then he hangs up. No way. I called them back today. And she goes, so, um... We are looking for a <sighs> lubrication recommendation that will make it not feel so uncomfortable for me down there. And I was like, oh, <gasps> oh mom, I know that probably took a lot to ask me that. <laughs> Thank you so the much. <laughs> <laughs> and so that I walked them all through their options and I like helped them get on the website. But it was also funny too, because my dad said my, his phone just randomly started playing in his pocket and it happened to be my podcast. And then they just kept listening. Love but that. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to like, okay, you can go to the show notes and you can go to the link and that, you know, and then go to that link. And then here's my code to get a discount. 
as you know, he opens it up and all of a sudden I just hear my, the guest's voice go, uh, Oh, what did he say? Like powerful orgasms. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, wait, wait, uh. Ah, it just made me so happy that my parents actually listened to it and that they call me and ask for some, some help because like, it doesn't matter if you've been with someone for 40 years or not. The information out there about this stuff isn't as readily available as one would think. Yeah. So. I love that though. That's awesome. There's no way in hell my parents would ever do that, but I'm cool. It's cool that uh, you've hit that point in your relationship with your parents. I feel like it was a big milestone. It was actually what I did my TikTok about today was that milestone. I love that. Oh, I was just so happy. We, it's, I've been in business for four years now, and that's the first time that they have come to me and asked me for advice. So finally. Get some lube. That's right. That's right. I've always known my parents had a healthy sex life, and I've always been happy for them. I don't need to know details. But, you know, as just long like as they don't need details about mine. Yes, but... I'm just glad I could be of service. So anyway, <laughs> well, Sarah, again, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So if you would like to listen to Dating Kind of Sucks, you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram at simply Sarah G with an underscore or um, the Dating Kind of Sucks Instagram at Dating Kind of Sucks. I'm also on TikTok as well. Same handle. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think <laughs> I'll have to make sure I follow you on all the things. I think I only follow you on a few of those. So I'll, I'll find yeah, you. I gotta, yeah, we got to connect more. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to see that one tiktok too now i need to i need to check out that tiktok uh, let me know what you think but uh, also feel free to dm me anytime if you want some yeah. tips on booty play as you start exploring that i actually did a I'll- workshop a couple months ago about booty play so oh I, check okay. out okay. I do poorly workshops so i'll see you in my dms now <laughs> sounds good so i'll give you a free ticket to my booty play workshop since you came on my Ooh, show i love that okay all right Well, thank you again. I wish you all the best. Love your podcast. Keep up the good work. We'll talk soon. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.